Welcome to the podcast, everyone. It is an absolute honor and a pleasure to introduce our first guest. He is the one, the only, His Holiness the Pope. La Diablo, estas vivanta en el día corpo. La onome, venía Dio, Sata, la play, brillante. with you guys everyone i know has robotic feet it's not the normal type of robotic feet that you're probably imagining in your brain hole it is there's a very specific type of robotic foot that used to be strictly associated with laryngitis honestly there aren't too many people who've heard about it i have in my early 20s i started writing a book about the processes involved with discovering the different layers of angioplasticity he had at least two horns on top of his head that were in my immediate field of view. Only two. I counted the rings layering the horn on the left, 37 in total. If I did my math correctly, that would mean he was at least 2,600 years old. What? 2,600 divided by 37 is 70.2702702727. You're welcome to check my math on that. No. That would mean that for each year he was alive, he had to have acquired a new soul every 42 days. If he kept this pace, he'd be immortal within a span of five years. Only five. I obviously couldn't let this happen. You couldn't. I was hiding behind a bookcase in his private library. Batman? I slowly peeked my head from around the shelf one last time before making my descent into his laboratory. It was now or never. 
I inhaled deeply and held my breath for what seemed like an eternity. I crooked my head to the left and spun around in a wide circle, painting a half-octagon shape on the ground with my feet in a sweeping motion. The ground beneath my feet lit up and a low hum rose from the ground, almost speaking to me. The space between the bricks slowly separated, and a gaping hole leading to the basement came into view. Luckily, none of this noise had aroused Frontal Spleer from his deep slumber. I stayed crouched low to the ground for just a moment before making my move. After a brief time had passed, I laid down on my stomach and slowly crawled toward the entrance. Slithering across the floor, arm over arm, I made my way to the opening. I peered in to make sure the coast was clear. It wasn't. I was still alone. Forever. My stomach growled. I realized I hadn't eaten in a few weeks. Luckily, underlings like myself didn't need much food to survive. We are a resilient species. They're not. I made a few inaudible clicking noises that acted as a sort of sonar detectable only by one of my own kind. Outside the building, my message was received by Retodlin, my second-in-command. He now knew the coast was clear. As I made my way into the cave entrance, I could hear Retodlin and his first mates making their way in through the window. I didn't pay attention to them as my own safety was first priority. I slowly pulled out the candlestick from my back pocket. It was my only link to the outside world. Lock the cash box, I told myself. I had a single matchstick left in my satchel. I struck the match against the side of the box and held it to the candle wick. With a bit of luck, I was able to light it without issue. Sadly, I was only on issue four of the Gleek and Henriksen Strike Back comic book series. The first three issues were basically just setting up backstory and introducing characters that would be more important later in the series. My current favorite character was Dooley McNittle. He grew up in Wisconsin as a pirate salesman, which seemed like a weird job, but it gave me some insight as to how pirates actually get out onto the boats at sea. If it weren't for the underground pirate salesman collective, most of these wannabe pirates would still be holed up in their parents' basements, wishing for a life that would be more than likely never to come. That's what she said. Dealey McNettle had a sister named Brontana McNettle. She was tall and voluptuous, but found herself usually speaking Arabic, or at least a variation of that. Her first encounter with the second order of leptin squids hadn't ended well. She was the only surviving member of her team. The social impact was devastating. She now knew her place in the world. Where before she was next in line as heir apparent to the throne, she now sat in a deserted wasteland with nothing but crumbs of bread and empty wine glasses at her side. When she was a baby on her home planet of Quendel 19, her father used to tell her stories about his time in the Imperial Flytrap Squadron. He'd been a decorated war hero for well over a decade. He'd seen his fair share of death and destruction. His last hope was to one day know his unborn daughter, to watch her grow, to see her beautiful eyes open for the first time on a beautiful planet filled with trundle trees and spacious sprays. 
as the Smithian longsword pierced his armor and skewered his internal organs, he couldn't help but feel a sense of disappointment, of failure. His duty as a lover, as a father, and as a leader was slipping away from him. The darkness was taking over his entire field of vision. Oh, okay. His breathing became shallow. The warmth of his own blood soaking his armor wasn't something he had expected at 12 years old. How was this happening? It wasn't. Was this real? No. Is this how he would leave the world? A martyr for his king's cause? He felt like he was abandoning his post at the king's side, a loyal guard in his army for the better part of three decades. And it was ending almost as soon as it had started. His life slowly flashed before his eyes as it slipped his grasp. He remembered the card games he used to play in elementary school. He and Glickoviatrix used to play the spleen excrement game during recess. The only free time they had throughout days of intense physical and mental training. The games were short, but usually ended in victory. He'd honed his skills as a worthy adversary in the world of card games long before he was even able to speak. He was placing bets and winning money from opponents three times his senior. Senior citizens would come from all over the country to try their hand at finally winning a game against the child prodigy, known only as aptitude student number five. Kids in those days were only given a number before assigned to their war posts. As soon as he was old enough to make his own money, he would get back on their world's version of the internet. His first purchase was a Chinese knockoff of the movie Zoolander. Only the main character was played by his distant uncle, Brian Jenderson. Merman, he repeated to himself. Merman! Are you tired of smelling like things that aren't vegetables? Have you been spending hundreds, or thousands, or millions of dollars on expensive body sprays, perfumes, and colognes? Have you ever put a book on your Kindle and gotten through about 10% of the book and then stopped reading and never ended up finishing the book? Are you tired of going to work day in and day out, wasting your life Monday through Friday, and by the time the weekend comes around, you're too exhausted to do anything? So instead of being an adult and taking care of responsibilities, you lay in bed for hours and hours, binge-watching shows you've already seen before because they offer some sort of comfort in your life, bringing you back to a time when you felt happy, fulfilled, like your life had meaning. Do you feel like giving up most days? Do you ever just want to throw in the towel because now that you're in your 30s, you're quickly realizing that, on a large scale, life is basically meaningless and the pointless things we do to fill our time really mean nothing in the end, and when we die, someone in our family is just going to end up selling all our stuff anyway because we've been hoarding for years and years, thinking that maybe all these material things will fill some sort of void in our otherwise pointless existence? Do you ever lay in bed at night, tossing and turning, your mind racing a thousand miles an hour, thinking of all the things you've done wrong, all the things you would change if you could just go back, all those missed opportunities, 
The dates you never went on. That one girl you should have asked out, but you were so paralyzed by fear of rejection that you turned the other way and never spoke to her again. The crippling anxiety that comes with the realization that mediocrity is probably the best you will ever do. And you'll spend the rest of your life waking up in your bed alone. You'll wake up one day at 50 years old, wondering why you never made anything of yourself. Well, we've got the solution for you. Oh, hello there. Just released for the 2019 Spring Fashion Week, legendary German fashion designer Kolben Klong is finally releasing his limited edition Kolben Klong's Broccoli Florid Cologne, made from a steaming hot blend of 39 organic essential oils and real liquefied broccoli florets, you'll not only be the talk of the town, but people will literally throw money at you. If you're a man, every woman will instantly want to make sweet love to you. If you're a woman, every man will immediately drop to their knees and pledge their undying allegiance to you for the rest of their lives. If you're some other sex or identify as something completely different, both men and women and other non-binary humans will quit their jobs and give you their life savings and empty their bank accounts for you and also give you their credit cards and all their vehicles and personal belongings. If you've ever wanted to be rich and powerful beyond comprehension, two or three sprays of Colbin Klong's Broccoli Floored Cologne is all it takes to make your wildest dreams come true. So if you're tired of feeling pathetic and worthless and like your life is meaningless and going nowhere, the solution is Colbin Klong's Broccoli Floored Cologne. Sourced only from the world's finest organic, Swedish grown broccoli farms. Our broccoli florets are watered using a seven-stage filtered bottled water directly from natural Fiji springs. Our broccoli florets are fed a strict diet of sunshine, love, and five ounces of kangaroo urine every 20 minutes. Do you think you have what it takes to be a ruthless dictator who is endlessly loved by every single person in the world? Then make the switch to Colbin Klong's broccoli florid cologne. Your new life awaits, your highness. Welcome to Coffee Town, USA, home of the Swirly Whirl Quadruple Espresso Mocha Non-Depresso Latte Egg Beater Non-Dairy Extra Vegan Triple Non-Froth Cappuccino. How may I help you? Hey, uh, can I, uh, can, can I just get a medium, uh, black coffee, please? Medium black coffee, coming right up! Can I interest you in one of our mega deluxe, fat-free, sugar-free, pancake-free, ultra-light, heavy cream, chocolate, and tartar sauce breakfast muffins? No, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm okay, thank you. Just, just, just a coffee... Um, oh, and uh, uh, maybe uh, leave some room for cream? Room for cream? Room for cream? Oh, no, 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 no. Barista Squad, roll that funky bee!
standing back here, kind of minding my own business. When this clown comes around, looking all like Father Christmas, ask him what he wants, and all I get is, I don't know, maybe leave some room for cream. Look him straight and say, Hell no. You need a reminder. I'm the coffee grinder. I'll blind her. My spine hurts from standing in line twerp. I'm right behind people in them stupid white shirts. Hey, I, I just, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Is this, is this really happening right now? Bitch! I'm the mayor of Coffee Town, USA. And as long as you're here, you will do as I say. Cause this ain't like Burger King, you can't have it your way. I'll spit rums around your ass every night and all day. Earlier today, I had discussed a few reasons for watching the whales unearth themselves. It was an awkward sight, accompanied by an awkward silence. Neither of us knew what to make of it. There we were, 16 years old, drunk, stoned, and slightly more amused than anyone that age should be. It didn't take long to notice all three whirlywags spilling their guts to both of us. Keep a safe distance, one of them said. Listen to your own. It's the only way to be a man, said the second. If you're taking any of this with you, all's well that ends well, honestly, said the third. Just then there was a deafening sound in the distance that mimicked a grenade or missile of some sort. Something bad was about to happen. Something really bad. Like burglars. I looked over at Lucy as she looked back at me. There was a soft glistening in her eyes that made me ponder the meaning of this cruel, cruel world for just a second. You take the lizard and I'll take the bean. One, two, three, go! I yelled as loud as I could. In an instant, we were both far, far away from that evil place. We'd both been in similar situations before. Once, a while back, I remember being chased by a grizzly bear through the mountains. When out of nowhere, I heard a gunshot, and the bear fell hard and fast to the ground. It was the strangest thing I had ever witnessed. No one should ever have to see things like this at the tender age of 22. Loser. Of course, my mind wandered to a few other things. Pancakes. Hers, on the other hand. Well, that's a different story altogether. It's not. I'm not necessarily saying she was easy, but it's no secret she's been around the block a few times. Just last week, her and I were in my car, and we drove around the block at least six or seven times. I laugh at anyone who says she's only been around the block a few times. <laughs> it almost sickens me to think that drinking all that lemonade had turned the both of us into some strange beasts with nothing in particular on our minds. Her glass was half empty, of course. Mine, always half full. For all intents and purposes, we can assume the latter. Consequently, 
Her infraction had cost her more than she'd bargained for. Ten cents. Originally, they made her trade three of her dresses for six of their wares. A fair trade, I would assume. No. Assumptions have always gotten the best of me. As a matter of fact, the previous barter had no real effect on her emotional state. Nor did anyone seem to notice the lack of zest in her eyes. I was the only one who ever seemed to notice. Good for you. This would have been a horror story had she not pulled herself out of the depths of her own mind in a contemporary sense. What? That's not to say she was right in the head. But one could infer such things only after this list of things has been purchased. Number one. Laundry detergent to disqualify the excess. Number one. A few extra spindles of thread just in case. Number one, one of those small cylinders with cow patterning all around that can be tipped upside down to produce sounds similar to that of an actual cow. And finally, number one, any decent brand of protein shake. In fact, a protein bar should suffice nicely. It won't. These were essential and we both knew it. Everything else could be placed on the back burner for now. Waffles? Prioritizing our lives was up for grabs. One day it was this, the next day that. The secret was keeping them entertained all the while. I warned her beforehand not to wear her slippers during our adventure. She'd always complained to me in the past that her slippers were the source of her back pain. I recommended a few name brands to her at random. It's a long way from where we came, and I didn't mean that metaphorically. She'd always seen me as some sort of comfort blanket in a matter of speaking. I was her rock. Dwayne Johnson. I was her hard place. She was not stuck between me. She recited poetry to me often. Her voice had an odd ring squeaking sound to it. It would be unbearable if it weren't for my undying love for her. All of us sounded different as of late. My voice had changed dramatically. It hadn't. She seemed to whine a lot more than I'd previously noticed. I really didn't mind that much. I cared for her deeply and only wish the best for her in all circumstances. Her music sounded much different from the way I remembered. It had a softer tone. I'll probably have to listen to all of it before I pass judgment for now, but I'd say I'm content with life. One of her songs sounded eerily familiar. I'd like to play it for you now. Down a beagle was a beagle, cheated on a seagull while she feeding all her beagles and her dogs. Cheetos and burritos and mosquitoes and Doritos Chopping all the trees and making logs When along came a mosquito who was mixing margaritas Tending sheep and tending cows and tending hogs Oh, she made blankets out of sausage And some bacon out of doll heads And a gallon of whiskey in her eggnogs She slipped on some ice and broke all the bones in her pretty little face. And underwent a 17-hour facial reconstructive surgery. Her insurance only covered a quarter of it. And she ended up filing for bankruptcy due to the overwhelming financial burden. And she was drowning in debt for the rest of her life. 